So I want us to turn, please, to Hebrews 11. Hebrews 11, starting from verse 8, we're going to read verse 8, verse 9, verse 11, and verse 12. It starts there by faith. Of course it does. We've learned so many by faiths over the last six weeks. By faith, Abraham obeyed when he was called to go out to a place that he was to receive as an inheritance. And he went out not knowing where he was going. By faith, he went to live in the land of promise as in a foreign land, living in tents with Isaac and Jacob, heirs with him of the same promise. Moving along to verse 11, by faith, Sarah herself received power to conceive even when she was past the age, since she considered him faithful who had promised. Therefore, from one man and him as good as dead were born descendants as many as the stars of heaven and as many as the innumerable grains of sand by the seashore. If you have an NIV, it says something different to that. And you might be feeling a little bit confused right now if you're reading in the NIV. The NIV says in verse 11, by faith, Abraham. How do they confuse Abraham and Sarah? It's a really crazy thing. The NIV translators couldn't believe that a woman could receive faith to conceive. <laughs> so they changed it to Abraham. The original says Sarah. Yes, yes. Can we all just say, thank you, Lord, that you're faithful. Thank you, Lord, that you're faithful. <laughs> thank you, Lord, that you're faithful. That this passage of Scripture is talking about this partnership between Abraham and Sarah that brought about a miracle that would change the world forever. This faith that the two of them held together in partnership that brought about something spectacular. We read at the end that their descendants will be uh, more than the stars of the sky and more innumerable, more innumerable than the grains of sand on the seashore. This, by faith, is about you and me. This, by faith, is about your children and your children's children. This, by faith, is about your neighbor, the people you've written on the card, your workmates. This, by faith, is about the world coming to know Jesus. This is about a multitude so great that they cannot be counted, sitting around the throne of God, worshiping him and saying, the Lord Jesus, he is above all, King of kings and Lord of lords. This is about a man and woman saying yes to Jesus. This is about a man and woman saying yes to God, saying yes, we will do what you say. We will obey, we will follow, we will live like that. We, by faith, we will agree with you. And their agreement brought about the greatest revolution in history. Through their seed, Jesus was born. And I don't know if you know how many Jewish people there are in the world today, but it's certainly not more than the stars of the sky and the grains of sand of the seashore. There are a lot, but not that many. This prophecy is not about a Jewish nation. This prophecy is about a Jewish nation that would give birth to a Messiah that would reach every nation. This is the first fruits of God's plan to bring all of creation under his lordship, under his leading, under his blessing. This is about you, me, our children, our children's children, your work colleagues, your mother, your father, your aunt, your uncle. This is God prophesying through the ages to us and saying all of these two are in my plan. All of these two are in my plan. 
three things, three kind of actions that these two great heroes of the faith made. By faith, Abraham obeyed. By faith, Abraham went to live in the land of the promise. And by faith, Sarah received strength or power to conceive. Now, of course, we know the story is that Abraham left his home and in obedience to God, walked a long way <laughs> to another country and settled in another country. What we don't actually know from the Bible, but historians tell us, is that the country he left in Mesopotamia, the city of Ur, was a very, very developed city. There's even reports of flushing toilets. And I don't know about you, that makes me happy. There are very few places I want to live that don't have flushing toilets. But he, he left up a prosperous and a advanced city. And he came to a, a land where basically there was nothing. Now, there are parts of what is now um, Israel that are very, very beautiful with, you know, lots of greenery and beauty. But there are parts, really. The Negev Desert, if you've ever been there, I want to say, I want Ur, rather. Do you understand what I'm saying? It's just, no, I don't really want Ur. I want, uh, I want God's promises. But I guess what I'm saying is that the place that he went to wasn't appealing. It wasn't, like, perfect. It wasn't beautiful. It would become beautiful. But he left something amazing in obedience to God and walked into something that would take work, that would take development. Why? But in obedience to God, why? Because he'd seen something beyond his own life. It says he went to live in the land of the promise. You know, we so often talk about the promised land. I don't know about you, but that, that's a beautiful picture for me. I just want to be in my promised land. You know, what, what is your promised land? What do you think about it for your promised land? You know, where, uh, is it when you have your degree and your job? What is it? Is it a family? Is it a career? But there's something, you know, that we understand that concept of living in a promised land where the blessings of God are. And in some ways, we're always striving for this kind of thinking in the future, this promised land we've still to get to. But the faith that Abraham exhibited was beyond that. He wasn't, he was looking for something in the future, but he also, it says here, by faith he lived in the land of the promise. What does that mean? Is that he walked into this land, and really if you've been into the Negev, it's very desolate. He walked into this desolate land, he put down his tent, he built, he dug a well, he got his flocks and his herds, and I don't know what, what these kind of nomadic people do, but he did his stuff right there, and he lived in it, and he said, the promises of God will manifest here, because I'm here, because I am obeying God, and I'm walking in his truth and in his ways. And so where he was became his promised land. And so for so many of us, I... I want us to let go of that, that future thing that we're running after. And I want us to say, there is nothing more that God can do to bless you. He gave you his best. 
What does that mean? It means that all of his provision, all of his kingdom is available to you now. Not in sometimes fu- some future time when you have when you have got that MBA, when you have become a better father, when you have completed that uh, internship. It's not some by and by future blessing that, you, that you're waiting somehow, that if I can just get over this hurdle, somehow that blessing will come. There is a call by faith to live in your promised land here to make this the land of promises, to live in your house, with your family, in your job, wherever you are, at your university, and say, this is the place of God's promises. This is the place I prosper. This is the place I prosper. And last of all, Sarah received power to conceive. I, I just, I don't know why that just thrills me. Not because I want another baby. I'm just like saying, God, please, this is, this is one, th- one thing Sarah can have all to herself. You know, I'm just, I'm, I'm, I'm done. I'm done with that. But literally, she received the presence of the God that enabled her body to do something it couldn't do before. By faith, she said, I have no power to do this. I have no ability to do this. But by faith, I will say yes to what God is saying. And in so doing, she received an ability that was beyond her physical ability. And every parent said, amen. Because parenting is just beyond our physical ability. You know what I'm saying? We all thought it would be a glorious and wonderful thing. And then we had a child and we said, oh, my word. But she received in her body an ability to do what she could not do before. I love the people who stood up today to to have God just touch their eyesight. Because in essence, they are doing, they're standing with Sarah in that moment and saying, by faith, by faith, I know that this, that my body doesn't have it. My body doesn't have it. But by faith, I'm going to receive something from God that, will, that will, do, will enable my body to do something it could not do before. How many children we have in this church that came because there were women and men, couples that believed that God could do a miracle when medical science said there could be no children there. And they said, no, we receive the power to conceive. How many exams have been passed when people stood and said, You know, I don't have the mental ability to get through this, but I will receive a grace right now. I will receive his presence by faith to do what I could not do before. How many nights? Way back when, I don't have this now. Now I sleep right through the night. Parents, there is hope. There is hope. But way back when, I remember sitting, three children. How is it, how is it with those, those stomach bugs? One child gets it, passes on to the next one, ch- passes on to the next one. You think you're over, and then the third one gives it to the first one again. You, you remember. You remember how it goes. 
And it's just like this thing runs around the family. And I remember having all the bath sheets in the bath because you know what had happened? P children had been throwing up. Sorry, guys, for you don't have children. Now you're thinking, do I want them? It's okay. But, you know, just um, up all night, this one crying, this one having a hard time, this one, you know, n having to help this one there. And, you know, just, just feeling that absolute exhaustion. And you know what I, I wanted to do? I wanted to turn to all three of them and say, I'm just putting you out on the street. Someone will find you. It'll be fine. <laughs> but at that moment, saying, God, I need something more because I love these children. I need something more than I physically have in my own ability. How many times have you sat at your desk and been given a project that you knew was beyond your ability? We stand with Sarah at this moment and say, and then you can receive something by faith that will give you an ability beyond your learning, beyond your ability. I love the story you can read it in the book of Daniel, of Daniel, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, three, four um, Jewish boys that were taken into captivity in Babylon. And they refused, they refused to partake of the world's way. They came into a foreign land. They didn't know how things worked, but they refused point blank to do it. The Babylonian way. They said, well, our God has given us a pattern, a way of doing things, and we will do it that way. We will do it that way. And the four of them, maybe there were more, but those the ones we know about, stood firm in their commitment to pray and seek God and do it God's way, not, not partake of the Babylonian food, the Babylonian, many different things. And it says of them that they were found to be 10 times wiser than any of the Babylonian wise men. Why? Not because they were naturally more clever. You know, uh, populations around the world, they all have equal amounts of intelligent people in them. You know, the, the intelligence gene is equally transmitted through all populations. Why were, these, why were these young men so much head and shoulders above the rest? Because they did this by faith. By faith, they received an ability to do what could not be done in their own natural ability. And so I guess my hope and my desire for each and every one of you is that we would, we would by faith obey. We would be prepared to let go of things, to walk a new way, to hear what God is saying and do that, to live a kind of life that is, that is exemplary in our following of what he's doing. At the same, same time, live in the land of our promises, not waiting for something still to come, living now in those promises. And last of all, being willing to receive in our environment the ability to do what we could not do before by faith. How many of you work with someone that's very hard to love? <laughs> Y'all let that sink in. I propose to you that, that there is a love for that person that will blow your mind, that God could give you in an instant if you just ask for it. By faith, by faith. How did they manage this? 
my last point. It says of Sarah, but I'm pretty sure it's true of Abraham also, that they considered him faithful who had promised. God's promises to you, I will heal you. Bless the Lord, O my soul, and forget none of his benefits, who forgives all your iniquities, who heals all your diseases, who redeems your life from the pit, who crowns you with steadfast love and mercy, who satisfies you with good so that your youth is renewed like the eagles. A promise from the Old Testament in the book of Psalms, God saying, I am the God who heals you. These are the kinds of things that Abraham and Sarah were standing on. They were saying, we consider the person who has promised these things faithful. This is not about our goodness. This is not about our ability. This is not about how young or old we are. This is about a God who is faithful. This great promise of the Old Testament manifested through Jesus in Matthew 4, 23. And Jesus went throughout all Galilee, teaching in their synagogues and proclaiming the gospel of the kingdom and healing every disease and every affliction among the people. God is faithful. God is faithful. How about I will protect you? These promises of God that, that we can consider we can allow them to run through our minds and inform the way we live. I will protect you. Psalm 91, because he holds fast to me in love, I will deliver him. I will protect him because he knows my name. When he calls to me, I will answer him. I will be with him in trouble. I will rescue him and honor him. With long life, I will satisfy him and show him my salvation. There's a promise from a faithful God that he will be with you. He will protect you. He will, he will live with you. He will show you his salvation manifested through Jesus. John 17, verse 12, while I was with them, I protected them. Talking about his disciples, he's praying to his father and kept them safe by that name you gave me. None has been lost except the one doomed to destruction so that scripture would be fulfilled I have kept them safe by that name you gave me. This is the Jesus that you walk with. I have kept them safe by the name that you gave me. We live in an area where our insurance is quite high because of the crime in the area. And it's a nice area, but clearly the criminals like it too. And we have been broken into at least five times that I know of. They have never gotten past the first window. We don't even know why they leave. I've gone into my garden and found a pair of shoes in the compost as someone leapt out of our property in their desperation to get away. I, I wish I could find that person because I want to know what did the angel look like? How, how terrifying was it when you tried to get in through that window and the angel manifested? Because I can see by how hurriedly you left by leaving behind your shoes that something profound happened. We have walked out one New Year's Day, we came out of our house, and there 
was a window broken and next to lying next to the window was a bunch of keys. Every key known to man. Literally, this person had a key to every door that has ever been created. And he left it there and didn't use one of them. I want to find him and I want to ask him, what did the angel look like? When you were about to unlock that door and, and get in, what did the angel look like that made you drop everything and run for your life? Because there is a God. There is a God with us. There's a God with us. We can consider him who has promised faithful. And lastly, I will provide for you. Psalm 37, 25. I was young and now I'm old, yet I have never seen the righteous forsaken, nor their children begging for bread. And Matthew 17, 27. I love this. There's so many times that Jesus just did supernatural provision. Do you remember that? I mean... Uh, a couple of loaves and a few fishes, and he fed thousands, 5,000 and then 4,000. They're at a, a, a wedding, and there's no more wine. He turns the water into wine. I will provide for you. It's a, it's a promise that we can consider, we can think about, we can allow it to settle in our minds that God is a God, a providing God. The story I love most is Matthew 17, 27, because how many of you like to pay taxes? I mean, it's just, you know, it's something, it's one of those rules of life that just get in the way, but we do it anyway. And I love Jesus' interaction with Peter. Someone had come and said, why haven't you paid your taxes? And Peter went to Jesus and said, they're complaining we haven't paid our taxes. And this is the interaction. So that we may not offend them, go to the lake and throw out your line. Take the first fish you catch, open its mouth, and you will find four, uh, four drachma coin. Take it and give it to them for my tax and yours. Tax was two drachmas. So Peter and Jesus got their taxes paid by going fishing. And you know, every, every time I am tempted to think there's not enough money, every time I'm tempted, tempted to think we don't have enough, I remember the story and all I say is, Jesus, what should I do? Jesus, what should I do? It's not always as dramatic as this. I have never found coins in any fish's mouth because I hate fishing. Jesus is going to have to find a different way to get those coins to me. But every time he shows me something to do and it opens doors of provision. Because there's a promise and we can consider this God who is faithful, who has promised. Who has promised. And in conclusion, as we obey God by faith, live in his promises by faith, and receive power by faith, we gain an inheritance that is too vast to be measured. We stay in faith by considering him faithful who has promised. That there is an inheritance to you that you have not even begun to touch the surface of. There is a, a plan for victory for your life that is so much bigger than you've even asked for. It equates with the stars of the sky and the sands, the grains of sand by the seashore. And we enter into the enormity of God's goodness to us by faith, by considering, by considering him who has promised to be faithful. 
by knowing the promises of God and considering Him faithful to bring them. And therefore, by faith obeying, by faith living in the promises, and by faith receiving power to do what we could not do before. Thank you, Lord. Amen and amen.